we are working through a short series uh, this month on relationships, really kind of tied into a broader concept. Um, we, we looked in January at worship. Um, we, we're looking at the idea of relationships and how we relate this month. And all of this really kind of ties around our memory verse for January and February, which are really the memory verses that we're using for the year. These are our kind of our kickoff memory verses for the year. So who can tell me where our memory verse is found for January and February? Mark 12, 30 and 31. Awesome. Good. Actually, y'all kind of actually paid attention there. Y'all know that one. Anybody here can, can anybody here quote for me? Our January verse, Mark 12, 30. Anybody quote it for me? Anybody know it? Who, who, who knows? Okay, Miss Gloria, tell, quote it for me. Close, close, okay. You're, you're on the right track. You know it. Who, who, who wants to try it? Awesome. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. And love your neighbor as yourself. So look to your neighbor and say, I love you in Jesus. Because I know some of you don't even like each other. You're married. (laughs) awesome i love you in jesus love your neighbor as yourself great verses that we're talking about i mean these are just foundational verses for life listen if you get up every day this week and you either read or quote those verses mark 12 30 31 Today, I'm going to love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my soul, with all my mind, with all my strength. And as best as I can, that guy down the road that's driving me nuts, I'm going to love my neighbor as myself. And the reason why is because the scripture goes on to say, because there are no greater commandments than these two. They encompass, in fact, Jesus in another passage says that these two passages of scripture that he gives these two this quote he gives encompass everything about the law and the prophets the old testament love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul with all your mind with all your strength that's good y'all are working on that i can see that i like that well let's read another passage of scripture this morning from the apostle paul in philippians chapter number three Philippians chapter number 3, verse number 1 through 8. This is a passage where Paul is talking to the church at at Philippi, and he's going to talk about his relationship with God. He's going to talk about love with God for a few minutes. He says, For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, you have heard... Haven't you? No. Am I, am I in the wrong passage? Huh? Uh, Ben's looking at me funny. Am I in the right place, Ben? 
Philippians chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. Okay, let's start that over. For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, on behalf of you Gentiles, you have heard, haven't you, about the administration of God's grace that he gave to me for you. You're right, men. I don't know where. Maybe it's Ephesians chapter 3. Maybe it's Philippians chapter 4. Where are we? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Let me find my passage. I knew that did, that didn't write. How about Philippians? How, instead of Ephesians. That's what my problem was. I was in Philippians. I mean, Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 3. How about this? Instead of Ephesians, let's go to Philippians. No? Yes. Philippians chapter 3, verse number 1. I was just in the wrong book. I knew it didn't sound right. Are you ready? Here we go. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write to you again about this is no trouble for me and is a protection for you. Watch out for dogs. Watch out for evil workers. Watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision. I want you to listen. Remember what we sang a little while ago? I am who you say I am. This is who God says, if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a believer today, listen to what Jesus says about you, or Paul says about you. For we are the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of God, who boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. Although I once had confidence in the flesh, if anyone else thinks he has grounds for confidence in the flesh, I have more. He goes on to say, I was circumcised the eighth day. I'm of the nation of Israel. I'm of the tribe of Benjamin. I'm a Hebrew born of Hebrews regarding the law of Pharisee, regarding zeal, persecuting the church, regarding the righteousness that is in the law, blameless. Now, I want you to just think about that for a minute. He said, as a Pharisee, as one who was trying to walk out in my flesh, the law of Moses. He said, I was blameless. Said, nobody, nobody around could find one thing to cause me to be blamed for. That's, that's pretty amazing. But listen to this statement. But everything that was gained to me, I've considered to be a loss because of Christ. And more than that, I also consider everything to be a loss in view of the surpassing value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. Because of Him, I have suffered the loss of all things and consider them filth, so that I may gain Christ. Paul is already a believer, and yet he seems to talk about this idea of loss and gain of moving forward and moving back in his walk, in his relationship, and deepening his connection to Christ. Here's the truth of the matter. We all have a limited capacity, don't we? I mean, for some, the capacity may be greater. For some, it may be less. In whatever area we're talking about, whether it be exercise or whether it be 
um, intelligence or whether it be spiritual depth and maturity, we are all limited. We don't have unlimited spiritual depth, do we? I mean, God is the only one who's unlimited. We're limited. We all have room for growth. But that growth isn't without boundaries. Truth be told, we can all do things that increase our full potential. There's every one of us in the room could do some things to increase our potential. One of those things is we need to evaluate what we keep in and what we put out. That's what Paul's talking about here. He said, he said there's some things I put in. There's some things I take out. We all carry unnecessary weight around with us. And we would all be better served if we just jettisoned some of this stuff from our life. Our quality of life is really about what we add and what we take away. There have been times in my life when, when my life has been weighted down by the things that I carried around with me and I let impact my life. Whether that be physically some of you who have known me for the last 10 years or so know that when I first came here, my weight was much more than it is today. Not that it's small now, but I weighed almost 250 pounds at one point. I have jettisoned some of that weight. I can get around a little better. I can now run from the car to the door at Dunkin' Donuts. <laughs> right, look, we all... We, we all have 24 hours in a day, don't we? I mean, you, you don't get any more time than I have, and I don't get any more time than you have. And so what we accomplish in that day, how we maximize that ability for that day is based on how we prioritize what we value. Is that not true? We can, we can begin to subtract things that we think are lesser important so that we can add things that we think are more important. And even, even at times, we will find that things that we used to think were important, or maybe at that season of life were important, but now they're not as important, so we can adjust. But we're only going to fill 24 hours in a day. Now, this is not some self-help message. This is, I'm trying to get you the idea, to understand the idea that that if we're all going to love the Lord our God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our mind, with all of our strength, if we're going to love our neighbor as ourselves, if we're going to be obedient to the Word of God, then we probably got to do some rearranging. We got to do some adjusting. It's going to take some adding and subtracting of certain things in my life, it's going to take some self evaluation some effort, some determination on my part. It's going to take the grace and the wisdom of God being worked in me. If I'm going to deepen my walk. So many believers that I run into, I'm born again, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, and that's the extent of where they are. They don't really look at deepening their walk, and yet they're missing out on so much. Because they're not growing, deepening their walk. Paul, Paul mentioned three things. I don't know if you caught those. He mentioned a couple of things. Did you see him this morning when we were talking, when I finally got to the right passage? Did you see what he said? He said, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. 
One of the things he said is that you just need to add some rejoicing into your life. Jamie was giving us a hard time this morning up here because we we tend to get kind of caught up in the moment sometimes and we don't smile on the platform. And it's not that we're unhappy, it's we're trying to stay with the word. Did you notice that we don't clap and sing very well, at least on this side of the stage at the same time? The reason we quit clapping is because we can't sing and clap at the same time. Right, Scott? <laughs> but, but listen, sometimes it's you, we're trying to focus on, where, okay, where to come in, where to cut off, where else. So we're, we're not, it's not that we're not happy, but we're just forgetting to smile. But when we smile, what we, she was saying is when you smile, you sing better. It sounds better. It, it's closer to being on pitch. You're, you're, you're just kind of happier. You're rejoicing. I'm going to tell you, adding rejoicing into your life will change some of your life. For some of us, we just need to add some rejoicing into the day, and we need to pull out some of that other stuff because it would increase our depth of relationship with God. He goes on to say, he says, be on the lookout for people that you need to move out of your life. He said, watch out for dogs, watch out for evil workers, watch out for those who mutilate the flesh. These are all things that are referencing people in that day and time that have doctrinal issues, that have, that have um, practice issues in their life, that are ungodly or are not increasing the people in Philippi. It's not helping them in their growth. And what he says is you need to watch out for those people, those people that distract you, those people that deceive you, those people that cause you problems. You, you need to watch out for them. Well, I'm going to just tell you right now, I know our church. I know my life. I know your life, many of you, well. And, and probably, I could say with some certainty that there's probably some people in our lives that we need to watch out for. We need to maybe take a step back from. We need to push them away a little bit or move away. We need to dis, dis, distance ourselves. We need to subtract a little. But there's also some people you ought to add, probably. Hey, hey, ladies, thank you. Thank you, ladies, for coming and sitting in the dark yesterday. <laughs> we had a power outage here yesterday. We had a transformer went out. But our ladies met. They didn't quit and go home. If you missed out, ladies, and you could have been here, let me encourage you. You need to add some of that in. Now, what does that mean? That means you could probably have to take out something else. I mean, it's all a give and take. I'm not telling you that, that you know, you're a terrible person because you didn't come yesterday if you didn't make it. I'm just telling you, it will help you if you'll add in this fellowship, this relationship. He, he also said, listen, no, notice this. Guys, this one's for us, I think. He said, don't depend on your own human abilities or your own human reasoning. He, he went on to say, he said, he said, watch out for dogs, watch out for those he said, Then he says, we're the circumcision, the ones who serve by the Spirit of God, boast in Christ Jesus, and do not put confidence in the flesh. We serve by the power of the Spirit of God, not by the power of what we can do on our own. You know, that, that ought to be an encouragement for some of y'all. Because I know that some of you think you don't have anything left to offer. Or that you never had anything to offer. Guess what? That's not true. You do have a lot to offer to the kingdom of God. You have a lot. If not, God would have taken you home already. You have much to offer. For, for some of you, it ought to be a, a check. Like I said, guys, for us, 
It, that, ought to, that ought to be like a, a hockey check for us. Smack up against us and say, hey, body check. <laughs> it ain't about what you think you can do in your flesh. Because what good thing is our flesh anyway? What does it really bring to spiritual depth? It's about what God wants to do in us. So I want to consider, consider a few lessons today that we can learn from the life of Abraham. We sang today uh, the song, Friend of God, I'm a Friend of God. And, and I know some people may say, well, that, that's kind of a, you know, who am I to say I'm a friend of God? Well, we're going to take from Scripture from a man that God said was his friend. And we're going to make some comparisons about how we can walk, some lessons we can learn from him, how we can walk out life, become a man like Abraham, or a woman like Abraham, character of Abraham, so that we can be known as a friend of God. In 2 Chronicles 20, verse number 7, some of y'all may know this name, the name of Jehoshaphat. Jehoshaphat was um, a godly king, and he was, he was praying, and this is what he said, praying to God, Are you not our God, who drove out the inhabitants of this land before your people Israel, and who gave it forever to the descendants of Abraham, your friend? Jehoshaphat said, Abraham was your friend. Well, where did he get that from? You know, did, did he just make that up? Was that just his idea? Did he just think, well, you know, I can say that. No, he got that directly from God. Directly from the Word of God. Isaiah chapter 41. Isaiah chapter 41 is God having a conversation with, um, with Isaiah and with the people of God during this time when Isaiah was the prophet. And Isaiah 41 um begins with saying this is god talking be silent before me islands and let peoples renew their strength let them approach and let them testify let us come together for the trial he goes on to talk a little bit further um and in verse number uh four at the end of verse number 40 says i yahweh i god and the first and the last i am he so we know this is God talking. God says, I'm God. I'm the first. I'm the last. I am Him. Verse 5 says, The islands of the sea are afraid. The whole earth trembles. They approach and arrive. Each one helps the other and says to another, Take charge. The craftsman encourages the metal worker. The one who flattens with the hammer supports the one who strikes the anvil, saying of the soldering, It is good. He fastens it with nails so that it will not fall over. But you, Israel, my servant, Jacob, whom I have chosen, descendant of Abraham, my friend. God is describing and he's talking to Israel and he's going through this whole conversation with them. And he talks of Abraham and he calls him my friend. Wouldn't you just love if... if I don't know that this conversation is going on in heaven, but wouldn't it be just kind of cool if, if God the Father leaned over to God the Son and said, Hey, there's Scott, my friend. That's my friend over there. You know, there's Zach. Oh, yeah, he's my friend too. You know, 
Wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't you love to think that God speaks of you as one who is a friend? One who has such a relationship that there's, there's a depth of communication there, a depth of fellowship there. Well, I think really that's what Paul was talking to us about, about jettisoning these things in our life and adding these things in. So what can we learn today? What can we learn about how to be a friend of God from Abraham? Three very, very simple things today. Number one, we must believe God. You must believe God. Anybody know my favorite verse out of Hebrews? Miss Barbara's been around for a while. She was my secretary long enough to know. Hebrews 11.5. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. You cannot be pleasing to God if you don't have faith. If you don't believe what God said. But I think it's even deeper than what we associate with believe in the sense of of believing being an assent. I understand God said this, and yes, it's right. I believe belief has more than that. James chapter 2, verse 23 says, So the scripture was fulfilled that says, Abraham believed God. It was credited to him for righteousness. Abraham believed God. And it was credited to him for righteousness. He was called God's friend. Well, well, okay, so Adam believed. Because of his belief, God said, I'm going to account you as being righteous because you believed in me. Let's go back to Genesis chapter 12 where we actually see what that was about. and, And see what belief meant. Genesis chapter number 12, verses 1 through 4 God is calling Abram out from his people. Abraham has not been, his name's not been changed. He hasn't seen the hand of God yet. This is a man who is living his life and God comes to him and speaks to him. Genesis chapter 12 says, The Lord said to Abram, Go out from your land, your relatives, and your father's house to the land I will show you. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you. I will make your name great, and you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who treat you with contempt. And all the peoples of the earth will be blessed through you. Abraham, pack your stuff, and let's go. If you know the story, and we've talked about this before, he doesn't say where he's going. He just said, just go. Just just hit the road. Get 100 out there. Take a left, and I'll tell you when to, to turn right. Or turn left. You just go. What? The Bible says Abraham believed him. How do you know that? Because verse number four says, so Abraham went. See, there was some action to his. You can tell me all day long you believe God. You can tell me all day long you trust God. You can tell yourself all day long you believe God and you trust God. But until you begin to do what God has said, it's all theory. It's all in your head. When it gets in your heart, it will change what you do. 
When it gets in my heart, it will change what I do. I believe God has called me to holiness and to righteousness. When I, when I really begin to believe that in my heart, it will change my behavior. When I believe God says that I am the circumcised, I am the one who is, I am of the, the circumcised. He's not just talking about Israel. He's talking about the fact that we've been circumcised in our heart. We've had the, the sin nature cut away from us. When, when he begins to say that you are redeemed, and I believe that I'm redeemed, I change my behavior to be one who is redeemed. We've got to believe what God said. So let me ask you, church, believer today in the room, what has God said about you? Who are you that God says you are? What promise has God said about you that you can believe and enact? This is your chance to speak. What, is God, what promises have God given you? You're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. You believe that? That means that that when God divvies up all of His stuff at the end of the day and says, I'm going to give to all my inheritance to all those who belong, you are going to have the exact same thing that Jesus had. I mean, that don't get you a little bit of a hallelujah, what will? That means that you're a, a child of God. That means that you're a joint heir, equal place with jesus christ why is that possible how is that possible how will how how will that change your behavior when you realize that you are equally in line with all that god wants to give who else your past no longer defines you why is that true oh all things become new so all that garbage that was in your life. Now, you know, you may have been like me. You were seven or eight years old when you got saved. How much garbage has a seven or eight-year-old got? Well, I had enough. But, but what we're talking about is the sin nature. The nature of sin. The penalty of sin has been cut away. All that's done. I now have relationship. I now have fellowship all that stuff, and therefore, every time I go to God in prayer, every time I come to Him and confess before Him my sin, and come, you know what confession means? Confession means I come in agreement with Him that this was sin. He says it's sin, so therefore, I come and confess, I come and agree with Him that it is sin, and I turn my heart and I turn my life in a different direction. All that's past. The, the, the penalty of that is past. God says that, that you've got one of two choices with sin. You can cover it up, and He'll uncover it. Or you can uncover it, and He'll cover it. I'm gonna un- well, yeah, we say hallelujah, but how often do we uncover our sin to Him or to others? Man, we, we walk around like, I'm, I'm good. I'm good today. How are you today? I'm good. Oh, things are great. How you been with the Lord this week? Awesome. It's been a great week in the Lord this week. You know, I didn't lie much. I didn't cheat often. I didn't steal what anybody saw. But 
truthfully, most of us in the room told something that would be considered a lie before God. We may have just shaved some stuff. That wasn't that bad. Sure it was. It was a lie. And you know what God says a lie is? He said it's sin. Well, it wasn't that big of a deal. Well, yeah, no, you're missing the point. You don't believe that telling a lie is sin and that sin is an offense to God. We would change the way we talk. You didn't steal. Well, I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to have an offering in a little while and see if all of us ante up all that God has required of us today. I'm not even going to tell you what that ought to be for you. You're going to ante up everything that God has given you this week. Maybe it's not finances. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's your passion for Him. Maybe it's your behavior. What, have you given to Him everything you're supposed to give? If not, you're a thief. Preacher, you're kind of hard today. No, I'm just telling you. Do you believe that? If you believe it, it will change what you do. What we believe. Do we believe God? Number two, we must spend time with God. You've got to spend time with God. Abraham spent time with God. There's um, Genesis chapter 18, long passage. Go read it today. I'm not going to read it. I say it's a long passage, not long to read, but I'm not going to take the time to read it today. It's a passage where, remember where Abraham is sitting in his tent and he's looking out and a couple of men, he sees a couple of men coming and he jumps up and he realizes that they are emissaries from God and he he bows down and he he offers them a place to come sit with him and, and he feeds them and he he, he waters them, and he takes care of them. And there's this conversation about what it is. They're really angels that are going off to Sodom and Gomorrah. It's the, the beginning of the end for that city because of its wickedness. And so God moves out of that into a converse. I mean, Abraham moves out of that at the second half of that chapter into a conversation with God. And he begins to barter with god he's in he's in such a relationship he can say hey god how about would you you know would you really get in a conversation where you begin to barter with god would you feel comfortable enough to say hey god would you do this what about sure i'll do that well what about this well and, and it's the whole if there's 50 people well you you wouldn't kill the whole town because of if there are 50 people righteous 40 people, 30 people. And, he, and in his mind, you know what Abraham's thinking. Lot's there, his wife's there, his kids are there. There's got to be 10. I got the, t- the kids, the grandkids, the, I mean the, 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 the spouses. There'll be 10 there. So he gets him down to 10 and he feels safe. In this conversation with God, this back and forth with God. And I know that you and I don't have a back and forth with God like that. But how do we have conversation with God? How do we today converse with God? Well, I think there's two ways. Because if you're having a conversation, if, I, if I'm talking to AJ, and I'm having a conversation with AJ, I'm talking and I'm listening, right? That's conversation. That's how we work it. So how do we converse with God today? Now, God may speak to you audibly. I'm not saying God cannot. I personally never have experienced that. 
I'm not saying that he doesn't. I'm saying I've never experienced that. But I tell you what, God speaks to me every single day of my life. Every time I open up his word. This is the written word of God. It is the living word of God. It is as alive as Jesus was alive. It is Jesus in text. It is God the Father in text. It is, if you want to know what God thinks, if you want to know how God reacts and moves, it is written in His Word. Hebrews chapter number 4, verse number 12, clearly defines for us. The Word of God is living and effective. It's sharper than any double-edged sword, penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It is able to judge the ideas and thoughts of the heart. No creature is hidden from Him, but all things are naked and exposed to the eyes of whom we must give an account. You ever go to God and you like, I'm just not going to tell him the truth today. I'm going I'm to talk to God, but I'm going to kind of slide. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to skew it a little bit the way I, just like, you know, kind of you do to your boss or your kids or your spouse or your neighbor. You just make yourself look a little better today. Oh, yeah, okay, I'm the only one that does that. I see that look in your eyes. Well, guess what? I do that sometimes. I go to God sometimes and I'm like, Oh, God, it's me again. You know, I'm at that holy righteous guy over here. And the whole time in the back of my head, I hope he doesn't know about that thing I was thinking earlier today. Or the way I treated that person. Or what I did or didn't do. And this living word just speaks into my life. And it cuts right through to the middle. And it goes right down to the bone. And it cuts even through the bone to the very marrow of who I am. And then he just pokes. And he says, you really think you're hiding that from me? I'm going to tell you, if, you've ever, if you have the Spirit of God living in you and you've ever opened up your Bible and read, he's done the same thing to you. Because he's speaking. He's communicating. You know why so many believers don't open their Bibles and read? Because they don't want to hear what God has to say. Do you believe that this God that wrote this book lives in this book? Do you believe that, that this is a living word that speaks? Do you believe this is God's word for your life? How often are you in it to hear what God has to say? Let me tell you what else not only is it that god speaks to me but i get to speak back to god i get to talk to him what first thessalonians 5 17 what anybody know what that says pray pray what pray without ceasing pray constantly whatever your version I mean like all the time be in conversation i grew up I don't know about any about y'all, but, but, but my mom was afraid to send me to school because I never 
shut up. <laughs> and she was afraid that I was going to talk during class. She was a wise woman. I spent most of my elementary school days, Clay, I apologize because you have the offspring that prove it. <laughs> I spent most of my elementary days getting notes sent home from the teacher that said he would really do well in school if you just shut up because <laughs> all he does is talk. I like to talk. It may be. At least maybe you say something that's important or valuable. So all the other stuff. Hey, listen, but do you, like me, find it sometimes hard to talk to God? I do. I'm just going to tell you, sometimes it's difficult. Get so distracted. Sometimes I have to get things out of my life. So again, what are you putting in? What are you taking out? Let me, let me ask you a question, honestly. Just be honest with yourself. How much time do you spend watching television a day? How much time do you spend reading material other than the Word of God? How much time do you spend on the computer on your phone, playing games, what you, the stuff that we do, that we fill up the hours of our day. Could we pull a little of that time out to talk to God and to hear from God, to communicate with Him? wonder how God feels about His friends that don't have time for Him because they've got too much time to play on their phone or on their computer. Now listen, I'm not telling you to throw your phone away, although I have told you to throw your phone away before. I'm not telling you you can't ever play a game. I'm not telling you you can't watch television. I'm not telling you you can't read something else other than Scripture. I'm not telling you that 24-7 you have to be a monk. What I'm saying is, what are you adding in and what are you taking away? You want to be a friend of God? You want to have a relationship? You want to deepen your walk with God? We talked about this morning. How many want to deepen your walk? You want to deepen your walk? How much time are you willing to pull out of stuff that you're doing and put in stuff that you need to be doing? Number three. First is we must believe God. Two is we must spend time with God. Number three is we must obey God. Because here's what I know about God. If I spend time with Him, and I believe what He says, He's going to tell me things I need to do. Some are thou shalt not, and some are thou shalt. Some are go and do this, some are stop doing that. It's both. It's all about obedience. Genesis chapter 22, if you want to jump from Genesis 18 on over, go to Genesis chapter 22 and see about Abraham's conversation with God about sacrifice. You want to come worship me? Great. Grab your son and some wood and a, and a bick and let's go up on the hillside and we're going to sacrifice him. Okay, we're having conversation, God, 
I believe you. You promised that you were going to bless the world through me. I was going to have many, many people in my family. I was going to have a, it, it was going to be like, my, my lineage was going to be like the sea, the sands of the sea and the stars of the sky. And this is the one kid I got and you want me to kill him. I'd, okay, God, I believe you. I've spent time with you, and you've told me what to do. Now am I going to do it? It's where the rubber hits the road for all of us, isn't it? What do we know? We know that obedience is going to require personal sacrifice. I can promise you this. If you're going to follow God, it's going to cost you something. <laughs> this isn't going to make it on Joel's station on YouTube today. This isn't going to make it in the, in the happy, clappy crowd. This isn't going to make it in the, in the health and wealth message today. Because I got news for you. If you're going to follow God, it's going to cost you something in this life. And guess what? That's not just Steve's opinion. I, I'll defer to a guy named Jesus. And I say that, and I don't mean to be disrespectful at all. To the Son of the living God, God Himself incarnate, walking on the earth, talking to those that were His disciples in that day. And Luke 9, 23 said, He said to, all, to them all, If anyone, are you an anyone? If anyone wants to come with me, you want to follow God? You want to follow me? He must deny himself. What does that say? That means sacrifice. It means, you got, it means you're just going to have to put you down some. Take up his cross daily and follow me. What was the cross? In that day, what was the cross? It was an instrument of execution. If you, were, if you were a convict getting ready to go to execution, they said, pick up your cross and take it over there, and we're going to use it to execute you. We're not even going to haul it for you. You've got to carry it yourself. If you want to come with me, you must deny yourself. Take up your cross daily and follow me. It's going to cost you. Obedience is going to require personal sacrifice. And I'm going to tell you this, it's not a one and done. Don't you wish it was? Oh, I followed him. It's great. I don't have to do it anymore. Did you notice what that verse said? Follow daily. Pick up your cross. Yesterday may have worked well. You, you may have gotten through yesterday. You may have sacrificed. You may have, you have, may have met head on what it is God wants. But guess what? Today is a new day. Today is a different day. So, want to be a friend of God today? You want God to, to lean over to the sun, to the angels, and say, look down there at my friend. Well, here's some things you got to 
add in and take away in your life. You want your life to be this way? You're going to have to believe God. You're going to have to believe what He said. You're going to have to trust Him. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. I'll supply all of your needs according to my riches in glory. There'll be no lack. I got you. But you got to believe. You, you, you want this? You, you, you're going to have to have some communication. There's going to have to be some give and take, some time. You're going to have to, you're going to, have to spend time in His Word, and you're going to have to spend time in conversation, give and take with Him. You have to believe Him. You're going to have to communicate with Him. And then you're going to have to obey what He communicates to you. What He communicates through your Word. What He communicates through His Spirit. Three very simple things today that are extremely difficult for every one of us to walk out. The question I have for you today, very simply, is do you want to deepen your relationship with God? If you do, there's a pattern we can follow.